everyone and welcome to Total Football Debate episode 54, the final episode before the Premier League season returns at the weekend. And hopefully the final episode where it will just be once again myself and Jason carrying this pod on our shoulders because Jason's getting very tired. Mind you, I did did realise, Jason, that we are going to be able to... Uh, in, in some, well, me and you are going to be able to have some fun, I would imagine, because a certain documentary comes out this month as well. <laughs> so we're going to have a bit of fun with that. Uh, I'm sure Cookie will be delighted that Arsenal decided to release their All or Nothing uh, documentary just as we all come back on, but um, that will be for another time. But today, we will be doing a one-episode preview of the Premier League season. And we will be making our first and only league table prediction. And so, although it's only me, me and Jason today, I do have Cossie and Cookie's interesting Premier League table, let's just say that. Um, so we will be discussing that for the majority, if not all, of today's episode, because obviously we've got 20 teams to get through. Yes, Jason, that is 20 teams. Um, and we will be <laughs> exchanging back and forward our opinions of where said person has put that put that team in a, in their respective tables. So, without further ado, there's no point delaying anything. Uh, we will jump straight in it, and uh, hopefully, you'll be listening to this prior to the first Premier League game of the season being on Friday night, where I no doubt Jason will be. Uh, Right up for it, wouldn't you, mate? Oh, yeah. Right up. Right up there. <laughs> Where they like it. That's Arsenal, by the way. Right, so how should we do this, Jace? Should we, uh, do we work our way from top to bottom or do we go from the bottom to the top like we did with the transfer market? What should we do? Let's go bottom to top. Everyone likes starting cool. from the bottom. And work the way up from there. Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Okay. So... What I'll do is uh, I think me and you should read our teams out and then I will throw in Cookies and Cossie and we can see roughly where this is at. Um, so starting rock bottom in 20th spot. Who we got? 20th, I've got, let me just clarify because we know the DG problem I had uh, before we went on air here. Um, 20th, I've got Bournemouth. Okay, so uh, you'll be interested to know that you are the only one that has Bournemouth bottom. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so on crack is this Cookie's version of Brentford or Newcastle last year when he said they were going to finish like seventh? No. So I've got Fulham bottom. Okay. Cookie's got Fulham bottom. <clears throat> Uh, and just when we thought it was all over last season, Cossie's got Brentford bottom. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's just, a, he's just bitter, he is. <laughs> he's just being bitter. I thought that was left at the door. The next thing you're going to tell me is Seagull Simon is texting to us. Uh, but no, he's... Um, yeah, it was a bit unbelievable. Um, he said... that's. 
the table that he's thrown at us was loosely done, but I quote, Brentford are going down. That was his word. So Cossie uh, does have Brentford bottom. Um, let's get the relegation three out of the way then. So I've got Fulham bottom. You've got Bournemouth. Cossie's got Brentford. Cookie's got Fulham. 19th spot. I actually had Fulham. Yeah. So I do, under, myself... I do understand why Fulham are bottom though, after Marco Silva's comments yesterday. Yeah, about them not being uh not they've, being ready. Got, they've only got two senior centre backs, haven't they? It's looking a bit crazy, I'm not gonna lie. Um okay, that's fine. So you've got Fulham in 19th, uh Cookie's got Bournemouth in 19th, Cossie's got Bournemouth in 19th, I've got Bournemouth in 19th. So pretty much pretty much nailed on. This is where it gets a little bit interesting because uh, we'll discuss these teams in a bit then. But who's your 18th spot? Leeds. Ooh, now that is a conversation. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Costi also has Leeds in 18th. Cookie, surprisingly, has Brentford in 18th. So that's two of us that think Brentford will go down next season. Um, I'm the only one that's gone with all three promoted teams will go down because I do have Forest in 18th. Interesting. Although, again, interesting. my assumption is your logic is that they've signed too many players and not too many Premier League quality players. It's not. If, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it then. I mean... Obviously, you can give the rationale as to why Forest will stay up. I'll give the reason why I think they'll go down. I just think the championship has got so competitive for the reasons that, not because, you know, they're all strong, but just the reasons that I think the quality in the championship has dipped. You now have 10 teams in the championship that could potentially come up. Now, in past seasons, I don't think you really saw that. I think it was, you know, top five, six at best. Now you've got teams that were, you know, we're talking that were in the playoffs and all of a sudden like Coventry's were ninth, 10th. And I genuinely think that the squads that are coming up, we saw this with Norwich. um, I just don't think even with Forest spending and don't get me wrong, I do think they've made great signings. I just think the gap is too large. So although I do honestly think Forest will be the only team that could come close to staying up out of the promoted three, I just think even with all their signings, can you honestly look at Forest's team and go, yeah, it's better than Leeds, confidently, Brentford, Southampton? I, I personally don't. But if anyone can do what a Brentford did last season, it's Forest. They're the only ones. Bournemouth and Fulham, I would happily be betting quite a bit of money that they're going down um so that's that's my take now you're going to be doing a bit of an argument then for Cossy and yourself as to why you think Leeds could go down and then me and you need to discuss the fact that Cossy and Cookie have Brentford in their bottom three well <clears throat> Leeds for me I mean obviously there were a couple of signings I I don't know too much about their signs, to be fair. But what I will think will be their undoing is 
the manager and the lack of experience in the Premier League. And obviously they've lost two big players in Rafinha and Phillips. And I just think, look, I mean, I think Phillips is overrated anyway, don't get me wrong. But I just think, given the importance of him in that team during Bielsa's time, and he was unfortunate with injury when the new manager came in, and the loss of Rafinha as well, uh, I still feel like, again, I'm no expert on Leeds. I don't watch them every game. I haven't really studied Leeds in pre-season, but I just think they'll be too blunt an attack. I don't think Patrick Bamford's going to set the world alight. I don't think Rodrigo is going to set the world alight. He's another year older now. So I just think with them, maybe they'll just go a bit... I don't think they've got the quality. and To be honest, I don't think they've got the depth. I don't think they've got the depth. So, But I do think it will be the managers I'm doing in the end that mainly sees them suffer and get relegated in that 18th spot. And your thoughts on Cookie and Cossey having Brentford in the bottom three without giving away where you put them? No, I can't see it. I think, look, Christian Eriksen is a big, big loss, uh, a massive loss. I just don't see them going down. They they recruit smartly. I just can't see them going. I, I feel like your your um your comment on the you know in regards to Forest and the quality gap. I just think, look, with Premier League teams, and you know we forget here, they've brought in. I mean, we're just talking about that Danish playmaker. They've also built in Har- uh, Harry, Aaron Hickey, the left back from Bologna for yeah. money, and Keen Lewis Potter, who tore up the championship last year with Hull, and that was a 17 million quid signing. So, you know, they've. they've Their recorded- two free agent signings were very good as well, bearing in yeah. mind, you know, you've I mean, got Ben Mee, who Burnley back. would turn around and say. Burnley would turn around and say Ben Mee was as good as Tarkovsky, you know, and Everton have got Tarkovsky. And got... But yes, to have Strakosha from Lazio come I mean, in, I mean, you talk about experience. I just, that's, that's a bit of a leader. The only thing that might be their, their downfall is the fact that they're maybe a little bit blunt and attacking, a bit too reliant on uh, penalty Tony, as Crossy would call him. But... I feel like they'll be too good to go down. I mean, look, the, the teams we've had in and around the bottom three, I mean, my bottom three were Bournemouth, Fulham and Leeds. I don't look at Brentford, certainly with Fulham and Bournemouth. That, for me, Fulham and Bournemouth are two out of the three relegation places done. There is, they're, almost, they're almost as nailed on as anything like that that that's done two out of three are done for me it's just that final place and I think Brentford have got way too much quality even when you look at Leeds team I think they've got too much quality compared to Leeds to be even thought of being down there to be honest I mean I I agree I I I mean we'll I'll talk about Brentford in a little bit but I I can't see you know Brentford had a had a a part of the season last year where we thought they were in a bit of turmoil and they still stayed up um, I think that would have done them in a weird way, the world of good, because they looked like they were sinking fast. And I think any other team would probably have sunk. Um, the fact that I agree with you that there's two spots out of that bottom three that I think are nailed on. Again, like last season, we said we thought 
you know, it could be Norwich and Watford for sure. And then Burnley might be the other. I think it's going to be the same. But I can't help but look at that Brentford side and say, look, at the end of the day, regardless of how much Cossie, you know, likes to call Tony a tap-in, you know, if if all players were tapping merchants, they'd all have 15 goals a season. So even though we joke about penalty Tony and all that kind of stuff, you know, this guy last season in his first Premier League season with Brentford still did get 12 goals for a for a promoted side. Now, you've got other strikers in there that for other clubs that is on penalty duty. No cough cough, Neil Morpe. And he gets eight goals. And two assists. Now, and with a squad that you would, you know, anyone would argue would be stronger than Brentford's. Honestly, this season, I don't look at Brighton. And I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to antagonise Brighton, because this applies to probably Southampton, probably Brighton. Well, definitely Brighton, because I'm using them as an example. Um, I'd probably say... Yeah, Leeds, maybe, bearing in mind they've lost their big boys other than Bamford. And I'd say Tony and Bamford, there's not really, it's it's a toss of a coin. I can't say Brentford are that much better than, um, are that much worse than Brightford, Brighton this season, if worse at all, to be honest. So it's one of those where I'm like, I just, yeah, I'm, I believe in the manager. He's got a good method. I just, yeah, you'll see from my prediction where I think I've got them. Um, I can't see them going down unless they go into a meltdown. I would much rather have that manager than some of the others that are leading their team into the season. Uh, and as you say, when Silver is turning around and saying that about Fulham, you wonder. It's it's pretty much dead and buried already. So who's going to be hot on Leeds' tail for you in 17th? With a flip of a coin, who stayed up? Everton. You still think Everton are going to be there, right? Interesting. So I've got in 17th, Southampton. Cossey has Everton. And Cookie has Nottingham Forest. Mm. So Nottingham Forest, obviously Cookie thinks he's going to be in and around my point, I guess. But he thinks they'll have a little bit. Be interesting to know, and I, I'd like to ask Cookie this: if he says Forest have stayed up because of the manager in his table, because I think there's one thing we can all agree on is we we like the manager of Nottingham Forest for sure. Um, so you and Cossey have Everton in seventeenth. So do you want to give your reasons and and also explain why Cossey might also have had them in seventeenth? Just think, Lampard. <clears throat> they've lost. Excuse me. They've lost Richarlison, and um, I don't think they've got Dwight McNeil in. They've bought Tarkovsky, basically two Burnley players. I don't see them start. I, I, I don't think it's enough quality. I don't, and I still think they'll have the same problems as they had last year. I can see the reasons for it. I just wondered whether Frank Lampard showed a little something, but maybe that was just the Everton fans sort of riling them up. And I think you're right. Like Richarlison going, it gives him that bite. You've got you've now heard Calvert Lewin could be out for the beginning of the season. Um, 
when I'm seeing their pre-season friendlies and they've still got Rondon in and around the squad, I'm like, that's that's alarming. Um, I just think the money's gone. I mean, how do you sell yeah. Richarlison for 50 to 60 million and then you've not brought anyone in? Um, I think, yeah, there's, there's alarm bells there. Look, with Southampton... It's just one of them that I feel like every season they they drop a place for as long as they don't, you know, bring in big time. You're not big time players, but as long as they're not bringing in those players that they can then sell on. It's getting to the point where you used to be able to, with Southampton, run off a few names. You know, you had Hoiberg, you had the Mane era, where you could list about three or four players and you'd be like, they'll be bought. And they'll move on and Southampton to get money to invest in, in the squad. I think this is one of the first times where you could probably just list one player. And again, I can't believe Southampton are going into another season with him. Um, but Ward Prowse looks like he's going to stay again. But the moment he goes, I think that as long as he's there, they, they could they could stay up. Uh, I mean, we've seen glimpses of a Rebo in preseason. He looks like he could be he could be a bundle of energy, but it's just something about Southampton. You know they've got it in them. Um, I just don't know how much longer they've got, but I still think they could stay up. But that's going on the basis that I just assume one of the clubs that have come up just aren't going to be strong enough or, or have the experience to do the job. Uh, but it is very, very close, that's for sure. Um, we'll go to 16th because you'll see from here that I do think Everton are going to be very close because I've got them in 16th spot. And now I only echo what you've already said. Vice versa, Cossie also says Southampton will be in 16th. So me and Cossie have got them the other way around. Uh, Cookie has Everton in 16th. So again, he also feels the same. Uh, but who have you got in 16th? I have got Wolves. Oh, that's a big call. That's one of your big calls for the season, isn't it? Like you you did say this on the tail end of last season, you thought Wolves were going to be in and around. If I just think they're one of those teams that... If you go stagnant in the Premier League and you don't invest, you don't refresh, you end up being one of those teams that get dragged into it. And I just think their time has come. They haven't sold to buy. They're not really evolved. They were hit and miss and dropped off big time when everyone thought they were going to get Europe and they just dropped off a cliff. Um, obviously, they've got Traore back for now. His valuation's gone down massively. Um, I just don't. Don't see them pushing mid-table. I don't see them pushing the boundaries this year. I think they're one of those teams, like there'll be a couple of others we come across as we go up this table, I'm sure, that we haven't mentioned yet, where they've just come a bit stale, need a bit of a refresh, which they seem to have got last year with the new manager and the new style. But initially, they struggled to score goals. Then they struggled to defend when they were scoring goals. And they just... They don't... Teams in the bottom half, you look at the go-to guys who would score your goals. And for me, they just don't have many, many options, I don't think. Yeah, I I kind of, I can see where you're coming from with Wolves being down that sort of end of the table. I don't think they're going to have as bad a season as that, but they're not far. You know, there's signs. Um, then we get to where we're at now, 15th. 
start entering that cluster, really. Um, my 15th spot is Leeds. So I've actually got them in 15th, uh, whereas you've had them to go down, which is really interesting. Um, and I'll give my thoughts as to why in a second. Who have you got in 15th? Leicester. Now, that is a big, big call. That's bigger than your Wolves call. Um, it definitely will come to that. Uh, Cossi, surprisingly, one thing I didn't pick up was that Cossi has two of the promoted teams staying up. Because in 15th, not even 17th, he's got Fulham. When he says he loosely done the table, maybe that would be one of those. But, um, yeah, a bit surprised by that one. And uh, Cookie, which is music to your ears, Mr. Baster, he has Brighton in 15th spot. Well, we're not far off. So, yeah, so Cookie's got Brighton. I mean, the Fulham one... I can't even give any kind of reason for that, to be honest. I just, that's over my head. Uh, for me, I would say, yeah, with Cossie, the Brighton prediction is an interesting one. Uh, but again, can't really give our reasons for that. Um, so obviously, I'll, we'll talk about where we've got them and, and elaborate there. But you said you've got Leicester in 15th. 100%. That's the story so far. So I'll let you talk that one through and then I'll come in with Leeds. Well, let's, first of all, no signings. Three days before a Premier League window and no, no signings. No sign of any signings either. Casper um, Schmeichel, Mr Leicester, out of nowhere has got a contract offer from Nice and has signed for Nice. And it just, the murmurs of Madison. Now for me, Newcastle don't bid for Madison unless they're told there's a chance that they get him. So clearly it's either there's a chance or agent angling for more money. But I feel like Madison's probably achieved, that was his best season last season. It feels like it's probably achieved all he can achieve at Leicester. Out of nowhere, you've got Fafana linked with Chelsea and his games on social media, like in Romano's, Romano, what's his name, the Italian press guy, you know, liking his tweets about Chelsea coming in and out for him and he's amended his social media banner. And it just smells like a bit of a sinking ship at the moment at Leicester. And it felt like last year, I said it last season, it feels like they're one of them. They're going to go sell. I haven't even mentioned Tillemans either, and he's another one that it sounds like, you know, Arsenal are imminently preparing a bid. So you're going into the game week one of the Premier League, and there's Kasper Schmeichel gone, and talk of basically the spine of your team, Madison, Tillemans and Favana leaving. Vardy enough a year older. Harvey Barnes, I think he's overrated, but then he's been linked with Newcastle as well. Now, clearly, they're not going to let them all go. Um, and you look at that midfield, Madison goes, Tillemans goes. You know, they've spent big money with um, the guy they got from Lille last season, who came with a massive expectation, a massive reputation as being a top-quality um, midfielder. That hasn't worked out. They're looking like they're going to ship him out already. Um, I just don't 
Brendan Rodgers, third season syndrome, three seasons in, tends to drop off. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. And you look at, the interesting thing is with Leicester is this is how the tables have turned. So last, I think it was January transfer window, Newcastle were asking to loan Chowdhury for a year from Leicester and couldn't agree the fee. I think it was a million quid. Newcastle refused to loan Chowdhury because of that. Now the tables are turned and Newcastle are going to Leicester to buy their star or one of their star players. That is how quickly the Premier League can turn if you don't if you don't evolve. If you and again, sound like a broken record. I said it last year. Leicester are going stale. I think they've got a range of problems, and I think it's a big problem that your your captain, the core of that team, is leaving four days before Premier League season. And there's not even talk of investing in a goalkeeper. It's Iverson or I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, Iverson or this third or fourth choice keeper to battle that out for number one spot. So that is how far, you know, that that for me suggests like Wolves, there's not much money to spend until, unless they sell. But if they sell someone like Madison, who's going to want to join us? You look at that on paper as a player and you look at the teams in and around Leicester, I'd say maybe not Brighton, but Southampton potentially, if it hits right, they potentially have overtaken Leicester. Newcastle certainly have. I'd say Brentford aren't far off. Palace have evolved, you know, since a couple of seasons ago and kind of bridged that gap with Leicester. Um, Forest remains to be seen, depends. Obviously, West Ham will stay where they are. Like, they're no... Leicester are nowhere near vying for top four, let alone top six. They're not. They've gone from a team that was... So, aside from last season, the season before that, the season before that, and the season before that, they were kind of top six. Well, we forget they were in the top four for most of it, and then they just dropped like a stone and dropped into sixth or seventh. And that's been their downfall. And... They just, yeah, I, I don't see it. We said this last season, I think me and you, like that Leicester should be easing out their players one by one. Sell one, replace him. Now they're having this mass exodus in one season and no team would be able to sell the equivalent of what those four players are to Leicester. Madison Tielemans, Fofana and Schmeichel. The Schmeichel one's odd because... You can't even say this isn't a season where the goalkeepers have been on the table. Like, West Ham have got two that are both better than Leicester's options, Fabianski and Areola. You've just had Dean Henderson go on loan to Nottingham Forest. Why couldn't Man United do them a favour? Why couldn't they ask? Like, it was there. You've got the Strakosha one at Brentford. You had Fraser Forster go to Spurs to not play a game all season. Like, where's the? There's no logic in that. In that at all. I the think... Fafana one isn't odd. That's a really odd one. Like I heard, I saw a tweet earlier saying that he is the number one snake on the planet at this moment in time because of his tweet that's top of his profile where he said about thank you to Leicester fans for sticking by me. I look forward to giving it back to you next season, and he's going to fuck off. Um, at 19, 
there's so I, I also think this is a big moment in Brendan Rogers's career because I think he has missed one hell of an opportunity if it was on the table for him last season to make a move. Because if Eddie Howe steers Newcastle in any way, shape or form to a half-decent season again, Steven Gerrard and Villa, you could see them all just bypass them. And Brendan Rodgers will go from being that guy that nearly made it to the guy that's just sunk. You'll get two good seasons with him and then he'll go off a cliff. Same with Leicester. Uh, Leeds, for me, I think I highlighted this in the transfer show. I, I know a couple of the players that they've signed and I like the way they were going. Yes, there's there's hums and ahs over whether the manager can do it. I didn't think the manager was going to be that great last season. But then again, could have been a case of, you know, they just happen to be worse than Leeds. And if anything, should Leeds really have been down there with the squad they had when they were fighting against Burnley? And I probably would have said Leeds had twice the squad that Burnley did. So to just stay up on final day says a lot. But that wasn't down to Jesse March. In, in You know, you could have said they could have stuck with Bielsa and they probably would have gone. Um, this season, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised that they've lost Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. And I still think, yeah, they've got a chance. Um, there's just something about Leeds that I just feel like there must be a plan because the signings they've made fit the Jesse March kind of style and he seems to have, they seem to be very particular about who they brought in. I really rate uh, Adams, the one they brought in to replace Phillips. It's just whether he can stay fit. I just think there's a couple of players at Leeds this season that could open a few eyes is all. Um, I just don't think they've got a, worse squad than Everton and Southampton personally and they've definitely got a better squad than the bottom three and you know you've got the force of Ellen Road rocking behind you I just think you know that if they, if they did lose a manager I think they've got a better chance of hiring a top class manager more so than your Everton's your Southampton's your Forest your Bournemouth's your Fulham's if it goes wrong because let's be honest there's going to be at least four or five seconds this season. We know that it happens every year. Uh, and the appeal of Leeds, for me, is a lot greater than any of the others. Um, Cossie said Fulham. I'm surprised by that. Cookie said Brighton. So we'll go to our 14th team um, and see how we get on here and see if it kind of reflects what some of the other guys are saying. Uh, who have you got in 14th? Brighton. Well, you might be able to then allude as to why Cookie might have them there. Uh, and just to elaborate on that, you've actually got Brighton and Leicester the other way round to Cookie. Cookie's got Leicester above Brighton in 14th. Uh, so I guess he's thinking along the same lines as you. Cossie has Nottingham Forest in 14th. I know he's got a family full of Forest fans. Maybe that lent towards that. I've got Brentford in 14th. I've kind of touched on Brentford earlier on with Tony and whatnot, so I'm not going to go into them. Uh, I think they've got a good enough squad. So I, I think they're okay. Cossey obviously feels Nottingham Forest are going to take a punt. He probably thinks they're going to be the Brentford. No irony there with Cossey uh, this season. Uh, Cookie has Leicester in 14th, as, as I've already said, reflecting what your point was. And you can kind of make the point as to why Brighton could end up finishing 15th or 14th, depending on whether it's your or Cookie's prediction. Um, Kukurela has obviously been the transfer saga of the summer. Um, Basuma they've lost. 
More pay sounds like he's going to be off to an Italian team. There's an offering for him. And I think as of last week, when I last saw about it, they'd agreed personal terms. It was just down to a fee and they may make like a million quid profit. Um, I don't know if much has progressed on that, but then you're thinking, right, who do they recruit? I know Brighton fans bang out about, oh, this guy's back from loan. He's going to smash it. This guy's back from loan. I just, like last season, I was confident they'd dive off a cliff when everyone was jeering and wanking over their form, saying, oh, yeah, look at them. They could be, you know, Europe. They can be in top seven. Um, that's not going to happen this year. It's not. And they're going to lose Kukurela. They will replace him. But they always seem to recruit okay. But I just think they haven't got the quality to break into that top half, the 10th, 11th. And um, it remains to be seen how many more of their players leave and whether or not the step-ups are capable of replicating the likes of Pesuma, Morpé and Kukurela, if indeed they do leave. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, 13th spot. Now, there is one here. I- I'm not going to lie. I don't know whether he's got his shirts muddled up or-, or what, but we need to discuss one of these. Uh, but first, who have you got in 13th spot? Southampton. Okay, so obviously I've touched on Southampton earlier, so you can either elaborate on that in a bit uh, or say it's pretty much what you, what you said anyway. Um, Cookie has Leeds in 13th, which I've already touched on. Um, I've got Wolves in 13th. It was very close. These next three teams could have been any way round, and now I'm looking at it and I kind of wish that two of them were the other way round, to be honest with you, but never mind. For the same reasons you mentioned, however, they do still have, which other teams around them don't have, Jimenez if you can hit form. Neto and somehow still have Ruben Neves um, so they're, they're not in as much of a crisis as other teams but the one that I cannot believe and I still cannot believe I'm about to say this but Cossi has West Ham in 13th spot Damn! <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to... I don't want to shit on it because he, he's not here to argue it. I mean, I can kind of... I can't even be the most cynical person in the world and see West Ham being 13th. And I would love to see them finish 13th, don't get me wrong. I can kind of see why he's gone for it in respect of if they revert to type and Antonio gets injured because they still don't have a... Well... They do. As far as I'm aware, they don't... Oh, no, they're... Shamaka. Didn't they, yeah. Um, no, in that case, Kossi, I can't, I can't defend you. They've got Schmacker, they've got Rice still, they've got Jared Bowen, they've got Ben yeah, Rama. Yeah, that I can't. In fact, I can't even, I can't even entertain it by one percent. No, that's what no. I'm saying. I, I am um, puzzled, and I would love to. We will, we will talk to him about it at some point. Initially, but... was they've had trouble convincing this left back that they wanted to join, and there's West Ham fans saying. We haven't spent enough, blah, blah, blah. So I thought maybe there's a bit of trouble brewing internally, so maybe he's looking at that. But as you say, I forgot they signed Schmacker. And, you know, with Bowen, Barama still there, um, and Tony, yeah, no, I can't, I can't. 
no, I, I really can't. Uh, they Ariola in goal. Um, they've got that new, as you say, the fullback. Um, it's just a bit different for West Ham. Like the fact that they, I just, I think they're actually in a position where, look, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even be panicking. You know, other teams are getting worse. You know, West Ham's competition last season was what Leicester and Wolves. They don't. They could add no one this season, and they'll be better than the other two, mm-hmm. because the other two will lose it. Yeah. I mean, who's West Ham's biggest challenge now? Newcastle. Well, Newcastle would still have to make five top signings before they could breathe on West Ham. I think this season. So, if anything, West Ham are nearer to Arsenal and them above than they are. I think the teams below, but. We'll talk about that when we get to them on our tables, but I just wondered if you could even fathom how Kossi got that one. Um, I thought he'd got muddled up with Aston Villa, to be honest, um, but clearly not. Do you have anything to add on Southampton being in being where they are in 13th for you? Um, no, other than... Uh, That's quite high for Southampton, to be fair. Yeah, it is. And I just... Look, their recruitment strategy could either be a stroke of genius or it could go disastrously wrong. And I've just banked on the fact that it may just get them mid-table mediocrity. Fair enough. All right. 12th spot then. 12th spot, Aston Villa. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Cookie has Wolves in 12th, uh, which kind of, you know, reflects what you said. Uh Myself and Kossi had Brighton in 12th. Um, kind of fall into where you are. Brighton haven't lost them yet, but look very close. Yes, it could. Pro- I mean, how Kossi has wet Brighton above West Ham. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling here. Kossi, you're doing my head in um, because I can't. I, I feel like I'm on drugs reading that. Um, Brighton are in 12th spot in my table. And I've got to be honest. If they do lose those players, um, looking at my table now, seeing Brentford below them, I, I can't see. I, I I struggle to think Brentford will finish below Brighton. Um, I think Brentford beat Brighton in pre-season as well, didn't they? Um, so it's just a yeah. I just I I echo what you say. Um, I just I do think the manager's good, but they need to fix that potential downturn in form that they suffered last season. Aston Villa in 12th for you. Steven Gerrard not hitting the ground running this season again, no? I just, no, I don't see. I don't think anything's going to change. I, I really don't. Where do you think that will leave Aston Villa fans then? Because do you think they'll look at that after what they've done this year and go, hang on? Because don't you think if Aston Villa finished 12th this season, that's a reflection on the manager. 100%. 100%. Oh, okay. So you, you are in agreement that you don't I've think Gerard's been... up to the task, no? Yeah, I mean, look, okay. that squad, the minute they got Coutinho in the door, that should have elevated them a notch. Because they already had, in well, the signing of Danny Ings was questionable because they had Ollie Watkins already and they blatantly can't play together. But... They've got an abundance. For me, they're a better team. That front four, five and six is better than when they had Jack Grealish, right? But they've got worse, or they got worse last year. 
again, until one thing that we said about Villa and um, Dean Smith before he was sacked was that those attacking players you've got to gel and you've got you've got to get the best out of them. And I, I still Coutinho had patches, but I still don't think he was getting the best out of Watkins, Ings, like. And people were saying controversial for this because they had some games where they looked electric. But I just, I don't know, something about them just makes me think, hmm, not quite. I can't say I disagree with you, to be honest. I, I don't, I personally haven't seen much from Steven Gerrard yet that makes me think um, they're going to be where they are. But... You know, it's kind of conflicting to where I've got them in my table. I just, that squad just should, yeah. I mean, for them to be finishing 12. So, you know, I've gone on the basis of their squad. um, And if it's not going to plan, I think they'll dump him. um, And someone else will come in the door. um, (laughs) Probably Brendan Rodgers. Everyone else was pretty much in line with what we've already discussed. Brighton's and Wolves. Um, so we won't go into that. Now, 11th spot gets interesting um, because I had Palace finishing one spot above Brighton this season. So I've got Palace in 11th, um, as does Cossie. Cookie has Southampton in 11th. He loves Southampton, him. He backed Southampton to the jilt last year. Yeah, he does. Uh, who have you got in 11th spot? Forrest. Wow. What was you smoking when you done your league table? You've gone bold, mate. Very bold. I just think, I know they're FA Cup games, but I think Forrest are going to be the team this year. Nostalgia, packed stadium. Every... You're well up for Forrest this season, aren't you? You're like, yeah, this, like think... your second team this season. Oh, look. look. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. I don't think they've necessarily recruited... I mean, I say this, but I don't even know really who they've signed. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Let's just have a little look. But for me, they haven't necessarily um, recruited top, top players. As in, you sit there and think, oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, they have signed a lot of players this year. So this could either be my undoing or it could be a stroke of genius well they signed Omar Richards from Bayern Munich at left back good player Louis O'Brien from Huddersfield Palace are after him a couple of others Jesse Lingard Dean Henderson I mean let's let's be frank I compare Forrest to Newcastle right Dean Henderson is a hundred would 100% and was linked with Newcastle and being number one same with Jesse Lingard same with Louis O'Brien I think he's Palace were linked with him. I'm glad we didn't get him. He's under percent Prem ready. Omar Richards is Prem ready. Nicotia, the centre back they got from Mainz, he comes with decent pedigree. Oriol Mangala as well, midfielder from Stuttgart, um, high pedigree. West Ham and Palace both supposedly were in for him. And Neko Williams, obviously from Liverpool, for massive money. Um, I just think they're going to be the team the raucous crowds every week, home and away, back in the Premier League after so many years, 
They've got manager Steve Cooper, who is held in high regard, not just from pundits, but football players and everyone else alike. And I just think they've got all the ingredients, providing he can get that team to gel, um, to cause some trouble this year. And I just think they're going to be that team that, newly promoted, they'll have a huge steam of momentum in the first half of the season. They will drop off, but I do think they'll have enough about them to potentially get a close to mid-table finish. It's a bold one. Um, go big or go home is, yeah. I guess, the same. So fair play. Um, then we get to the... Look, let me let me just touch on Palace. Costi says it as well. Looking at the teams that I've got currently above Palace, I think we'll say a lot because it hinges... Well, especially one of them. It's going to hinge on how the next couple of weeks go. Um, because if anything, I think Palace are probably one of the more stable clubs in that in and around that pack um, this season. The fact that they haven't lost anyone, the fact that they're bringing players in, the fact that their players are getting better year on year because they're such a young age. Um, their manager seems to have a plan. They've replaced... Well, their replacements have been pretty much like for like, so they know what they need. There are good times with Palace. So this is almost going to be, for me, 11th spot, I think, is probably more cautious than anything. I think they could go... It could get better. Not because... I think, personally, Palace's squad is, is primed for 11th spot. Every year they go on, if they keep the players they've got, that spot will probably go up every year, as long as they don't lose anyone. However, they could finish higher depending on the three clubs, the exact three clubs that I've got above them and how they perform this season. Because if they don't perform, they're dropping below Palace for me, which could, just to put it into context, put Palace in eighth. Because I, I, I don't think those squads are more stable than Palace right now. I feel like they're all in the middle of their transition they're taking a punt something's not might not work it could it might not whereas Palace I'm confidently saying yet they're in 11th the other three I'm saying 8th 9th and 10th but there's a chance they might not so it's you can see where I'm coming from they're going to drop the Palace just going to stay where they are and just go up and up and up and up I do I think Palace could end up being the Wolves this coming season from last season I'm biting my lip because I haven't said them yet in my table. So, I just, uh, I just feel like that's that's where they're roughly at. Um, so yeah, I, I just can't see them. I can't see them tumbling at all. Um, and clearly, Cossie can't if he's put them in eleventh as well. Cookie, I mean, he's put Southampton in eleventh. So I don't know if you want to allude on that and give your thoughts on on that one. Say what I did last year when he put Southampton in eighth. He's on crack. Yeah, man. Temp spot then. Top half of the table. Here we go. Who have you got? Put your balls on the table, innit? I've put Brentford. Bloody Brentford, eh? Tenth. Cookie's got Palace in tenth. Where? Cossie has Wolves in tenth. Ooh. Fucking hell, I think Cossie's on crack. Cossie's the one this year, actually. He's got mental. My first one of three that could end up dropping, which is what I was alluding to before was 
at this moment in time, Leicester are my attempt team. Fuck yeah. When did you do your table? Well, as of right now, you can't say that they're not. They've still got Madison. They've still got Tielemans. They've still got Fafana. They're still there. You're mad. You're not thinking a big picture, are you? Well, I'm not putting Brentford fucking temp, that's for sure. So you think Leicester is a safer option than Brent? Oh, my. Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, can you turn into Simon Jordan, you? Leicester are a safer option than Brentford right now. Fuck that. No way. Yes, Brentford, 100%. My money, apart from the Leeds manager, is Leicester's manager is the first one to get sacked. Nah, nah. Right now, Leicester are, are, are hanging on in, in tent. They've still got a good enough squad to do the job. If they lose those three, however, then yeah, it, it would change. But I just, I can't, uh, it would be club suicide for me. And this is why, yes, they might lose one. I think they could lose, you know, Madison, clearly. Um, I just think if they lose all three, it, it's, it's as bad as it could get for Leicester. And then there's, we're just in turmoil. And I just cannot, I cannot fathom the owner allowing that to happen. If it does, I'd just be shocked. Um, so I'm almost doing it in 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 a sense that I just cannot see it happening. Um, and at this moment, you know, I have to go on what they've got. Um, but God, if it does, I don't know where they stop. I just don't know where they stop. It's it's a bit alarming. But for now, I've got them in temp. Cosy having wolves in temp. Um, Wolves above West Ham. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I, I wish he was here. Cookie must be echoing what I was saying about Palace. Um, he's got them in 10th. Come on, then. You've slapped them balls on that table. <laughs> so what, what are you saying with Brentford? I just think they're going to have a decent season this season. I don't know why. I don't know why. A feeling in my waters. That's it. That's all I've got to say on it, really. I mean, that's quite a bold prediction to have so little to say about it, you know. We move on then, clearly. Uh, ninth spot. Ooh, ninth. This is where I did have, again, another punt, and I had Villa. Not the most... Just because of, that... of the squad. Yeah, I I said I said this. I said I think you know similar to a Leeds. If it doesn't work out for Gerard, I can't see Villa not getting a manager in. Yeah, just just can't not see it happening. Uh, Cossy has Leicester in ninth. Uh, Cookie has. I think Cossy might have baby brain. (laughs) Uh, Cookie has Newcastle in ninth. There. Who have you got in ninth? Let me guess where this is going. Up the palace. Okay, and we move on then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck your club, innit? We don't need to hear about that shit. You don't want to talk about Brentford. Don't need to hear about yours. <laughs> Pesky Eagles. Come on then, why are they in ninth? I think this is the I think Zaha. It's only down from here for you, mate. That's high, that's high hopes. I think Zaha. Um Pending Chelsea don't do anything outrageous to try and get him in the last part of the window. I think he's about to have his best season. He's been outrageous <laughs> in pre-season. I think he's about to have his best season. 
Eze, I am telling you right now, his link up with Zaha this past weekend, and actually not just this weekend, in the last three pre-season friendlies, my God. Ebrichie Eze, I tell you right now. Scott, you, you surprise me because you're fairly methodical when it comes to football, right? But you forget last year, Eze was out for nine months of the season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Yeah, and that's and that's part of the reason why I don't I don't you know if he'd have had a full season behind him, maybe I could see. Him? Mate, have you studied him in pre-season though? Pre-season, mate. Pre-season against these we're talking uh, what are Arsenal winning the league because they beat Sevilla six 0 Like what what's happening here? Like are we going on a pre-season bandwagon now, right now? I'll tell you right now. That midfield this season, or that link up with Eze, Zaha, Edouard. Edouard has been playing centre forward and he looked electric against Montpellier on Saturday. I tell you, it was like watching Barcelona. I didn't know if I was at New Camp or Sellers Park on Saturday. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I tell you, mate, this year is going to be the Damn year that we smash it up. We are going to. I'll tell you right now, Cookie, we are going to smash the shit out of Arsenal <laughs> Friday. I'm not going to lie, but I could see Arsenal beat. <laughs> I can't wait. And all the hopium that you've been smoking or puffing, whatever you want to do, is coming right down. I cannot wait to see... Arteta's master plan, I read something the other week, his master plan is to play Ben White at right-back all season. I could not wait for Zaha to absolutely rinse him, just like they were rinsed against Brentford last season on Friday Night Football for the opener of the season. I cannot wait. <sighs> well, we will see. That is a that is a bold one. Um, but yeah, Palace in mind. Yeah, well, clearly. Um, so as I said, Cookie has Newcastle in ninth, uh, Cossie has Leicester in ninth, I had Villa in ninth for reasons that we said earlier on. Now, eighth spot, probably the last position, unless you're Cossie, that has you know all the other teams bulking it out. Um, eighth spot, who you got, Newcastle, yeah, same, although I'll be honest. I, I don't look that. at that squad and think it's an eight-spot eight squad, though, do you? Well, this is... I mean, to be honest, this is why I was torn a little bit between putting Villa or Newcastle there, because I actually think, on paper, Villa have the better squad. I... Well, it's interesting you say that, because, funny enough, me and you have put Newcastle in eighth, and Cossie and Cookie have put Villa in eighth. So, I mean, it depends what they do with the rest of the window, but I was looking at their squad yesterday, and again just now, like while we've been recording. And they've not added anyone up top. Midfield is as it was with obviously Bruno Gamares who came in last Jan. Centre-back they've offered, uh, they've added Botman. And the highest profile signing outside of that, as far as I'm aware, is Nick Pope. So, but then... That was a weird signing because then they've got the Brafka as well, who's like top box keeper. So I don't know with Newcastle, you know, it it could go one or two ways, I think. Like mm. I think they'll play good football, but Chris Wood, Callum Will, like 
don't know. They need that striker because I don't think Callum Wilson, I mean, they're talking about Callum Wilson getting fucking 18 to 20 goals. Ain't no way Callum Wilson is going to play a whole season, let alone get 18 to 20 goals. I mean, I'm talking myself now out of them finishing eighth, to be honest. But I'm yeah, I've got, I'm not going to lie. I look at them now and I think mm, maybe we just expected them to invest to be well, eighth, think... but actually they they might not. I mean, on paper, you can't really say they've got a better squad than Villa or Palace probably at this moment in time. I think, well, exactly. I mean, yeah, this is it. But the only reason I've put them in eighth, I think that kind of tipped it for me originally, was, well, Eddie Howe was kind of not got to, but they can't just finish mid-table again. They can't just finish, you know, this. they've got to show progress. Um, but the minute, I think the other thing is, if, if they don't perform, I feel like they're the only ones that in January could just go oh, 100%. spend £150 million. That's the difference, I think. Yeah. Um, so, and their signings in January bit. last season weren't bad either. True. I mean, Bruno Gamara's elevated them to another level as well, so... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I look at their squad and actually go, why have I got them in eighth? Because let's be honest, if they hadn't have been taken over, would you have them in eighth? You wouldn't, would you? No. So we're literally putting them in eighth just because they've been taken over. Um, we have got another we've got another, another moment to uh, get our heads around here, Jace. Um, Cossie's had another blinder. Um, so we, we've discussed Newcastle and Villa. Obviously... You've got to remember that because Cossie has put West Ham down in 13, that does mean his seventh spot is Newcastle. I mean, what do you want me to do with that information, really? I assume he's banking on the fact that they're going to sign some players between now and the end of the window. I mean, me and Cookie have got West Ham in seventh. I have as well. Okay, then I had a feeling Um, you would. We don't need to explain that. It's the same reasons as last year. They're not quite good enough to break into top four, six, but they'll finish quite comfortably where they are. With this transfer window, before we get there, how close are West Ham from the team above them in your table? Um, if their signings click, if Schmack, if Schmacker, Schmacker, mm-hmm. uh, if he clicks and takes the Premier League then I think possibly, possibly, he could give them a good run for their money, depending on what Z Club above them do between now and the end of the window. The reason why I am on the side of caution with Smacker is because I remember the last time West Ham signed Syria as next big thing, it was Simone Zaza. And I remember being absolutely gutted for weeks that Palace didn't get him because West Ham got him. And look how that one turned out. So a lot will do with how he performs. Um, but yeah, they've got enough to finish seventh easy. It's just whether or not, as you say, they can break into the club above them in sixth. And speaking of that club in sixth spot, do I need to take more than one guess to think who sixth spot might be for you? Because me, Cookie and Cossie all have the same team. Well, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but... We'll go there anyway. I'm assuming we've all got Man United. Yes. Nice little touch on the whole devil shit as well. Well played. Um, I mean, look, to be honest with United, given the inconsistencies in pre-season, especially the last couple of results, I don't know if you've seen the last couple of results, and the whole Ronaldo narrative, 
that sixth spot could be a struggle. And West Ham, and it could be a season, it could be a season where between sixth and eighth is really, really tight. You talk about being bold, right? Here's my bold statement for the season. I don't think West Ham's squad is that far off Man United's. If not... Already better. Nearly there, yeah. I mean, defence-wise, I, pro- I probably couldn't... I don't know if I could argue Man United's being better. Um, Man United have a, a very good tendency for, on paper, looking like a very good team. But you're already hearing about Sancho in pre-season being off the mark. Ronaldo leaving games early. Um, Rashford, don't know. The only shining light Man United have got this season is Martial, potentially. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'm looking at what they've done this window and I'm just, I'm, I'm really not that convinced. I mean, Ericsson... Yes, the one the one criticism I always had of Ericsson with Spurs is the reason he's never got the respect for me of a big-time player, bearing in mind his numbers have always been consistently good, he never took Spurs to another level. Whereas other players similar to Ericsson have shown that they've grabbed it by the horns and they they elevated him. Ericsson was always a great player in a good team. He never like showed a glimpse that he was the star man. He was always like, you know, one of the better three that we had. You know, you could even argue that in a time that Ericsson and Deli Ali were at Spurs, Deli Ali was the one that was, you know, rocking up and, and elevating Spurs. As much as Ericsson did a lot more behind this you know, with numbers and creativity and stuff. But he just was the nice guy. Perfect for Spurs, funny enough. I just wonder whether Ericsson's going to do the same. He's going to keep Man United at that level, but he's not going to take him to the next level. And that is where Man United are not the Man United of old because any signing they make should be picking them up and taking them to that next level. So I just think they're stagnant and allowing every other club to either leave them or catch them. Yeah, agreed. They're stuck. Man United are weird because I, I was thinking this the other day. I'm convinced of Sancho and some of those players. I mean, they got Tellez at a time where, for me, I've rated Tellez for years. Like a Porto, he was immense. Corners, set pieces, free kick, the lot. He had it. And He's going to leave. Yeah. But I don't know what it is about them. I'm convinced if Tellez went to any other top six team, he upgrades them. Sancho, the form he was in at Dortmund and the drop-off in form there is just, it's mental. There are so many paths that I think if those Man United signings had gone down a different path, they would be a great player right now. Yeah, if I'm Sancho not- had gone to Liverpool, I think he would have been... Oh, he would have been esque Number one English player, without a doubt. Now, I'm just looking at some of them. You know, I think Bruno Fernandes is the only one that you could say has been a success. He had a great season with when he first joined. 
But the other players around them, I mean, you even have, you could even go as homegrown to you, Jason, say if Wan-Bissaka had gone to another club, I still think he would have been doing okay. He would well, have been here's, starting. Here's the thing, right? And I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm biased, but people forget that the summer Wan-Bissaka left for Man United. The only reason he was not England's number one right back is because Trent Alexander-Arnold was in front of him. At that point, there was only two right-backs in contention for England, and it was Alexander-Arnold, and if it wasn't him or his film dropped off, it was Wan-Bissaka. And Wan-Bissaka, for tackles completed and take-ons, you know, take all that kind of stuff, he was consistently first or second in the league to only Trent Alexander-Arnold. The fact that a player like him now... A player like him wasn't the finished article because if you remember, he had two seasons at Palace or a season and a half at Palace because he broke through in Jan against Spurs and then had a full season. That is a player that was going up, up, up. Now, at Man United, a player of that calibre should go up, up, up and then evolve, right? Too many times players go to Man United in that position where they're on the cusp of greatness but then they drop off like a stone. And I've seen things mentioned about coaching that Man United just don't or didn't have. So with Juan Bissaka at Palace, he was very well coached with obviously Hodgson at the time. Then he had Andros Townsend kind of in his ear and helping him and stuff on the pitch. And at Man United, now Man United of old, Ferguson would have had coaches around them and he would have made them like... I am convinced to this day, and again, I'm not saying this to be biased, if Alex Ferguson did not retire the summer he signed Wilfred Zaha, Wilfred Zaha would have been Cristiano Ronaldo-esque by now. He would have put him on another level um, because Alex Ferguson knew how to buy players that were on the periphery and launch them into, like, Ronaldo absolutely phenomenal the transformation he had after a first season being a skinny dangly trickster on the ball da 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 he came with the kind of reputation but didn't really have any end product Ferguson gets hold of him look at the absolute monster he created he created an absolute winning beast that's what Zaha could have been that is what Wan-Bissaka would have been for Ferguson if Ferguson signed him but the mentality at Man United is different now the signings are made purely for commercial. There's no, with Ferguson, there was always a clear path and a clear evolution. Like he knew when it was time to move players on. He knew when they got to, I mean, even for Alex Ferguson to have the balls to turn around and say, David Beckham, say, no one's bigger than the club. You're off. Now, I remember when Beckham's, they sold Beckham to Real Madrid. And everyone thinking, fuck, that's Man United finished. Now, Man United of today, they would be finished. But under Alex Ferguson, no way. Brought the next player in and off they went. But now, if they sold their best player, who I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you. If I looked at that team now and said, right, who are Man United's best player? At a push, you could probably say Bruno Fernandes. But I'm convinced if they sold their best or better players, you know, say Fernandes and Sancho, they wouldn't be able to replace him. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the hierarchy. 
I don't know if it's because they're signing players because they're just chucking money at them. So they don't naturally have the appetite to go to Man United. They're just saying yes for the cash. But something isn't right and someone somewhere isn't selling them the club. Maybe it's because they don't have the manager's vision because, as I said last year, of all pre Tenard, he's been lucky that finally he's had the ability to clear out en masse players out of contract. But previously you had um, Solskjaer there, who had Mourinho's parts there, who had Louis van Gaal's parts there, who had David Moyes's parts there. So they've never, they've never had a clear... And maybe this is the one where, OK, they don't do too well this year, but this time in a couple of seasons' time, there'll be a blueprint. But there's never been a blueprint since Alex Ferguson. Could have had it with Moyes. I still think Moyes was treated rather unfairly by United and think he should have been given another year because if they actually pulled their finger out and gave him Tony Cruz instead of Maran Fellaini and Gareth Bale, and he's very well documented in saying they're the two players he wanted, I think he would have been fine. But something happened when Ferguson left. And I think what happened was... When the Glazers... This comes back to Man United podcast now, but I think people forget... Pre-Glazer, or when the rumours of the Glazers coming in to buy Man United, the one person in the headline that was not happy about it was Alex Ferguson because he didn't want it to become a commercial venture whereby the transfers were deemed by commercial output as opposed to the, the playing infrastructure. No coincidence for me that since Alex Ferguson left, no manager seems to have control over signings and it is all about... PR and it's all about commercial revenues and this Frankie de Jong saga I, I cannot believe for a second Man United are chasing him all summer to be told no because they would have done the work with the agents and the player long ago in advance this Frankie de Jong saga is a perfect PR piece they will get him and I think they'll get him in the last couple of days of the window but this is a perfect PR opportunity. The longer it draws out, the more stories get printed, the more times Man United are mentioned, it is an absolute commercial goldmine for the commercial directors at that club. And I'm convinced what they're lining for is a PR piece at the end of it that says, oh, yes, we've got, you know, De Jong, he's, Ten Hag is great, he can attract these calibre players, and then bang, they try and get on the PR momentum and the PR spin with it and in comes the revenue for it. I, I'm, I'm convinced that is the strategy, because I, I don't believe if he really wasn't interested in going, he would have said by now, Frankie De Jong. And there's no way Man United, well, maybe they are, but there's no way they any club is that stupid, whereby they don't sound player aging out pre-approaching a club. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I actually don't think they're going to get De Jong. I, I actually think it's as bad as it looks at the moment for United. Um, I mean, you've only got to look at that latest signing, the money they've spent on an Ajax defender. I mean, and you, you see another Ajax defender, Tagliafico, go for a million? Yeah. Like, we're talking about, you know, Tagliafico, who's been at Ajax for a while, well-known left-back. Where has it gone that Ajax can sell him for a million and rinse Man United for 54 million for a player 
that Every, everyone knows Man United are desperate to get back on the big times. Just it blows and, my mind. I mean, and, and I think this is the problem with the players when they get there because on paper, with Pogba, Fernandez, and that midfield and the players they had last season, they should be smashing it. But the players are going there because they're getting three, four, five hundred grand a week because basically Man United are desperate to sign them, and if they don't sign them, they know they're fucked. That is the long and short of it. Yep. Yep. Um, right, conscious we've got five other teams to discuss. And this, I mean, the top two is going to be between two teams, I'm sure. But these next three is going to be a very interesting one. Um, fifth spot. Now, this is going to be, I think this might blow your mind a little bit, this one. Um, who have you gone for in fifth? Chelsea. Okay. You and Cookie are on the same wavelength. I have taken a punt and I've actually put Arsenal in fifth. Cossie. Oh, yes, we're going there. No. Has says Spurs are missing out on the top four. At this moment in time, Jason is nearly falling off his chair. He, he's on video and he's like... I can't. I don't want to sort of say too much about this because it's my own team. Uh, I'm quite, you know, down, ungrounded with Spurs and whatnot. I would have said you would have been reaching, saying they'd have finished fourth this season. And I might be coming from my own head here because I said to you, it's the hope that kills you. And maybe, you know, <laughs> I'm doing it to myself. I just could not see Spurs missing that top four this season. I, I really can't. Um, but Cossie ain't here to argue so I'm not going to shoot it down um, my reasons for Ch Arsenal being fifth <sighs> the reason I put them in fifth is simply and I guess I might as well touch on the fact that Chelsea are my fourth spot team as well because it kind of argues why I've got them in fourth is if Arsenal are going to have a bad season they're not rescuing it. If Chelsea are showing any sign of trouble, they are making a change fast. It's going to happen this season. I think if Tuchel doesn't get that squad clicking, they ain't keeping him on. I, I, I've got to be honest, Cookie has, I mean, Cookie has been, he's got, a Chelsea agenda this season. He is gunning for them and loving every minute of it. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, you you would be seeing him slating Chelsea at every possible angle. You know, he didn't... I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't rate the Sterling signing. Um, I think that's bonkers, personally. But he is now, obviously, rinsing them at the fact that they're going for Cucurella. Uh I'm not going to lie. He has a point. I don't think they need him. They've got Chilwell, um, who I think is decent enough. He proved in the stats last season. He can do the job. Clearly, they want to bring him in just in case Alonso goes. But, you know, Cucurella on the bench, maybe he'll flip between them both. Um, I just think they've got bigger problems in midfield. And... I think if they are struggling this season, they will make those changes and they will buy their way to fourth spot. Arsenal, everyone is going big on them this year. Um, 
And whilst I think the Gabriel Jesus signing is a great signing, there is nothing in that side other than the Gabriel Jesus that I didn't think Aubameyang and Lacazette could have done going into last season. Um, and the big problem they still have is that centre midfield. And they've not done anything to change that. And I said they would be in fourth spot if they brought in Cough, cough, we just mentioned one person that would elevate Arsenal immediately, Frankie de Jong. He would take them to another level. They're not doing it. Tielemans, they've still not done it. Like, what are they doing? And, you know, Claire oh, I... Cookie, he's quite honest on that and he doesn't think that, you know, they've fixed their problem either. But I think they'll get Tielemans. I think they'll get Tielemans. Well, they need to move quick. They've got um, you on Friday. What, what's and, the point? And I think... And again, the only reason I put Arsenal on fourth is because whilst I agree with you, as I said in the transfer pod, Arsenal always seems to focus on the positions that aren't important, i.e. attack. And never they, they never seem to handle that midfield. But I just think Chelsea... You said on the transfer pod, if they carry on the way they were going, at the time they signed Sterling... Then they were linked with Koulibaly. Then they were linked with Kunde. Then they were linked with someone else. But all of a sudden, those irons in the fire seem to be, I mean, fucking Barcelona having a whale of a time at the minute. Pipped them to Rafinha and Kunde. But I just... And now they're looking at Fafana. I think if... I just think Chelsea of Where they looked like they were gaining momentum and they were going to put down the... Marker, feel like they've lost the ability to it. I'm going to throw it out there, right? And I'm not, I'm not convinced. We talk about Arsenal and midfield. I'm not convinced by Chelsea's midfield. Well, can we talk about another another position that I'm not convinced for Arsenal? And uh, I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon of the tweet, but there is nothing about Mikel Arteta that makes me think he is going to be the next big thing. There is nothing about him. Like the way he communicates, the way he sets up, the, the whole kind of Guardiola's love child kind of persona that came with him and him going to Man City and he's bringing all these Man City... It just strikes me as a really nice guy. And I, I don't know. I, I personally think that if Arsenal had someone else that just had that... I just think Mikel Arteta fits the Arsenal persona perfectly right now. And that is... Average. They're an... <laughs> Average is, is strong, but... They're a nice team. They've got that, top, funny they, enough, they've got that really nice Tottenham image that we had a couple of years ago before they, Mourinho came in. To, do you know what they are? They're the really nice guy at school that one day wakes up and thinks, you know what? I'm going to be the biggie big bollocks today and I'm going to be the one that's fucking gritty and determined. They did that against Spurs last season and they got fucking played off the park. Look, we can discuss this video now, right? I'll, I'll tell you what's happened. He's come out with this. <laughs> Jason's laughing off camera. Here. He's come out with this motivational speech and said, 
that he wants to put Arsenal in the mood. And the fact that this has backfired in such a shit way is going to be the most hilarious thing to watch when this documentary comes out because I actually listened to it earlier and he says... I wanted to get us over the Anfield hostile atmosphere. I once played at Anfield and the game went by me because I couldn't stop looking at all the red shirts and the red flags in the stadium with the atmosphere. That's what he said as a he felt as a player. Only one time in my career has that ever happened and it happened at Anfield. So I want to make sure my team doesn't do the same thing. So he puts four speakers around the training pitch and plays for the whole training session. You'll never walk alone. And he starts the training session by going, come on, boys, we're at Anfield. <laughs> they went and lost that game 4-0. <laughs> Can I... <laughs> I mean, that's even more hilarious because I haven't... I've just seen the guy that brings out the two speakers, right? But the Twitter caption is even better. Oh, my God, Liverpool fans are going to ejaculate themselves to death at this clip. If you're a player, would you be sitting there going, what the fuck is this? Like, you're playing You'll Never Walk Alone around, and you expect that to recreate the Anfield environment. Like... What even, and there's just something about him that he's one of those that <laughs> I think wants to be known as this, you know, this guy that has these unique methods and they're just a bag of shit, honestly. I'm sorry, but your methods are crap, mate. Do just you, stick hey, to basic. Sadly, going to go past him. Hey, do you reckon? Do you reckon that on Thursday in their last training session they'll start like playing audio clips of? Oh, we remember how how hostile Selhurst was last year. I've got an audio clip of the fans singing after they scored. Well, that's what someone put on Twitter. They said, "So, what did he do at Newcastle? Did he put the speakers out and play Fog on the Time?" <laughs> like, what the fuck has happened here? I mean, you. How can you, I mean, the fact that you've gone and lost those three games, but then you actually had a plan to win them with a method and you've been spanked in all three of them. Liverpool, Spurs and Newcastle, you got whooped. Not even, not even a sign that the players were up for it. Like, I just think the players are sitting there going, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who does that? And it's just, you know, this isn't just me saying it, as I said, because of that clip. I, I, there's always been something about Arteta where I just... I just think it's the hope that he was going to be Guard, the next Guardiola because he was his number two. But come on, man. Like, Barcelona would have hired him if that was the case. Let's be real. They've got Xavi in there. He's the one that seems to have a plan. I I don't know. I, ju I just don't see Arteta the guy that, you know, if someone like Mourinho or Conte or one of them walked in, they'd all melt. Like, get Vieira in. I mean, can you imagine Vieira putting out four speakers and playing fucking You'll Never Walk Alone? I mean, are you serious? 
He'd fucking slaughter the guy. Up. You know what he'd do? He'd show him the Invincibles clips. Yeah. Bring home the meaning of what Arsenal is. Like, I'm a Spurs fan and I'm telling you that that's what he would probably have done. Look at the players. Look at them getting in each other's faces. You know, Edu's, Vieira's, Gilberto Silva's, Lauren, Camp, oh, fucking Judas. Can, can All of not, them. Can you not, um, please, can you stop advertising to the masses, Vieira to Arsenal? Vieira and Arsenal. It's, 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 it's ticking, mate. It's, the clock is ticking. Don't, so, don't stop. That is why Arsenal are fifth for me. Look, um, Cookie has Chelsea in fifth. Just look at his tweets. Cossie has Spurs in fifth. You have Chelsea in fifth. You have Arsenal in fourth? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cossie has Arsenal in fourth. Cookie has Arsenal in fourth. So you obviously don't think Arsenal are going to eclipse Spurs, but you think they're good enough to eclipse Chelsea? Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to elaborate on that? No, all good. All good. Cool. Okay. And then who have you got in third? No, you have not. You've not done another big call here. I only changed it yesterday. You put Man City in third? Or have you put Liverpool in third? I put Man City in third. Have you? Fucking hell, man. I mean, I put Spurs in third. Cossie's put Chelsea in third. I had Spurs. I had Spurs third, but I don't know, man. I just think Cookies put Spurs in third as well. Fair play I to him, Spurs. You know? I just, for me, let's wrap this up with these top three then, because we know it's City, Liverpool, and Spurs now. So, for me, with City, I just probably had a bad moment. To be fair, but then I thought, well. Surely this season, the Champions League is surely the one. Did you watch them in the... You didn't, did you? You was at Selhurst, weren't you? Nah, but... They'd... No, I'm, I'm saying, did you watch them as no. in... Your, your, I mean, I look, I've got City in top, but your reasons after watching them on Sunday are quite valid. I mean, they looked lost. Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? This is the... I mean... I kind of said it last season. When you look at their squad, I don't think Jack Grealish... Fuck second season syndrome and Jack Grealish getting better after two seasons. No, he's shit. Yeah, I think he's fucked it. Look, just to quickly, just before you elaborate on this, I had City top, Liverpool second, Tottenham third. Cossie has Liverpool top, Man City second, Chelsea third. Cookie has City top, Liverpool second, Spurs third. So, you know, pretty even to say Liverpool. I'm assuming you say... Liverpool top and Tottenham a second? Yeah. Yeah, so Grealish, you, you were talking about. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think Grealish is going to be one, known as one of the worst signings in Premier League history in terms of value for money and output. It is the thing for me. I just don't... City have got Ireland, you've got Harry Kane, right? City have got Mares, who's 29, and he's been in good, decent form recently. But you've got Son. You know, City have got Julian Alvarez, who I think I don't think he will. He looked brilliant. Yeah, on Sunday, I think he's going to be their gem this season, and I think he's going to take the Premier League well. But then, by the same token, you've got 
Kulisev, you've got Richarlison, Kulisevsky, and you've got Lucas Moura. And so I actually think if you look at a front six, given that City have bizarrely sold Sterling out of nowhere, I think as a front four go or six in terms of options in total, I don't think there's much between Spurs and, and City in the front line. Then I look at midfield and they've got Calvin Phillips, Phil Foden, who kind of plays, you know, up front as well. Bernardo Silva, but he's supposedly off to Barcelona. So Phillips, Foden, De Bruyne, Rodri and Grealish and Gundogan. Well, Grealish is shit. De Bruyne is De Bruyne, quality. Rodri's quality in his position. Foden's inconsistent and Gundogan's another year older. He's not going to be able to do it all season. And again, I look at Spurs squad. Basuma, fresh new legs. Okay, I think he's slightly overrated, but I do think under under Conte, he's going to be brilliant. Um, Perisic, obviously we know he's going to be wing-back, but you've got them Benton Kerr and Hoijberg, who we know what they're capable of. Skip, workhorses. So midfield Spurs might be a little bit lighter, but then you come to defence, and I just think Romero, even Sanchez, Doherty, Eric Dyer. Is there really much difference? I know Diaz is kind of a level above and Laporte, but Stones has dropped off again. Ake for me is average. Kyle Walker is another year older, and Concello is a wing back. He's by far the best kind of wing back they've got. So I don't think the gap between Spurs and City is actually that big. I don't. And if Spurs get a couple more signings in the door, City could be there. City are beatable and they drop silly points. And I just, like, you know, you've said they look lost. I've seen from pre-season clips, they look a bit scrappy. Then you hear that Bernardo Silva and a couple more players might still leave. But then I've not seen them linked with anyone else. And I don't rate Calvin Fitt. So, and I can't see them. They've, they have to win that Champions League. They have to win the Champions League. And I just, I don't see it. I, I don't. And I think Conte and Spurs, if I was feeling really ballsy, I'd put Spurs, because I just think Conte, people say, oh, it's only skip midfield, it's only this. Conte, though, can turn bang average players into world-class options. You know, there's already talk about Lucas Moura playing wing-back. And everyone remembers when Conte was at Chelsea. Victor Moses. Victor Moses, who went from a nothing right winger because he couldn't get in the team on the wing, struggling for form and injuries. I, t- I tell you, I've always said this, Spurs are the ones to watch this year. You just feel like with City, they're there to be got at and they're there to be had. And as we wrap this up, why do you think Liverpool are going to win the league to argue for the other two guys? Well, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago on the transfer show, I was convinced they hadn't done enough to replace Mane. And I, I still think with Liverpool, ironically, talking about Spurs and City in comparisons and midfield, I think that's where Liverpool's weak points are. I think clearly Diaz has shown that he's capable enough of stepping up to replace Mane. Um, and they've got Jota as well. And they've obviously still got Salah. And it's the midfield for me, the centre of midfield, that kind of three. Jordan Henderson, Naby Keita, who, you know, whatever. 
Tiago, I just that's for me where they're that's their weak point that they need to address over the next season or so. Um, still think they've got enough firepower to win the league, but it'll be interesting to see how they cope in midfield this year. So the reason the only just as we wrap this up, the reason I think Man City are just they just always strike me as one of those teams that I don't think they'll get Champions League this year. I don't think they'll win it. And I think that's going to be a big problem for Guardiola. But I just see them dealing with the pressures of the World Cup and whatnot better than anyone else. And if they need to pull out ammunition in, this, in the winter window, they'll do it. Um, I just think they're better set up to just do what everyone else sees as a difficult thing with ease. Um, which is just win the league on autopilot. Um, the focus they're going to have is the Champions League. And I just th- I do think at some point it will become apparent that Liverpool do miss Mane. Um, and it will probably be later on in the, tr- in, the, in the season, you know, that it will become apparent. Um, I just think they do, they will miss that. You know, they've got Yotta, they've got Diaz. I just don't think any of them add the amount... Well, I don't think Diaz does. I don't think Diaz adds the amount of goals that Mane had. Jota could. Um, I think yeah. Diaz is ahead of Jota as well, to be honest. Well, yeah, he is. He probably is in, in the pegging. Um, but I just, yeah, don't see him doing what Mane does. Um, and I, I think that will bite them a little bit. And as I said, Liverpool just haven't improved in the one area that I feel they needed to. You know, they still brought on James Milner in in the... City don't do that. You know, they're bringing on Calvin Phillips as a backup these days. I mean, really? You know, I think Liverpool just need to address that centre midfield. You know, they've got a great, you know, Fabinho Henderson's good little pairing and, and they've got a third one, whoever it is. It could be a good year for um, Harvey Elliott. Yeah, I think it could be. He was having a great season until his leg injury. Um, it could be him this season. You don't know. I think. I think they've got a chance, and they show it time and time again that they pull these games out of the bag when it matters. And they. And I've got to be honest. Other than the last twenty minutes in that game, they wipe City. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think they've got, they've got it. But I just think City will win it on autopilot as they always do. So not much more to say on that. And I guess we, we're echoing what Cossie and Cookie thinks because Cookie says Man City, Cockie said Liverpool. So like that, our predictions are in and they are locked in until the end of the season where we will get our points. And it is the only thing that we will be getting points on this season because the other thing that we're doing throughout the season is our fantasy Premier League, which we will discuss starting on the middle segment on next week's show. Um, all four of us will be doing that. Uh, and that will be our ongoing table for the rest of the season with other little bits and pieces. And we will, of course, be doing the bet builder. Um, and we may, much to Jason's delight, do the first bet builder on the Friday night game Two for Palace four. Arsenal. So we will get that we will get that done. So keep an eye out on our Twitter page for that. But that is the end of the show. Uh, Jace, anything else you need to add, or are you good going into the Premier League season with that? No, all good, all good. Real. Well, on that note, then join us for episode fifty-five, where all our predictions will be undone, no doubt. 
but yet join us for episode 55 where we'll be, be discussing the first week of the Premier League season bring it on um, and yeah hopefully we will have at least three of us on the next one until then good night listening to total football debate podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world to us if you could spread the word regarding our show and leave us a rating so we know how we're doing also please 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 interact with us on social media especially on twitter at tf debate where we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on any of the topics we discuss each week you never know we may even get you on the show to say hello thanks again for listening and keep an ear out for the next episode.